Welcome to the Blending In Podcast, where we chat with innovative educators who are integrating edtech. I'm your host, Ashley Yazarlu, and I'm so glad you're listening in today. As teachers, we don't often get the chance to see into the classrooms of our colleagues, but by listening today, you'll get an auditory peek into the classroom of Kimberly Vanneman, a fifth grade teacher from Coston Elementary School. So welcome, Kimberly. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so good to have you on today. Thank you. So um, you were recommended by my colleague, Terry Patterson. She is the other ed tech coach here in Hemet Unified. And she was like, you've just got to talk to her. She's awesome. Aww. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and exactly kind of what you do? Um, so I do teach fifth grade at Costin Elementary. I also used to teach at Acacia sixth grade. So that's how I knew Terry. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. And so when I started teaching, I was one of the tech teachers and I got really cool swag when I did that. Um, oh, are you talking um, about the techno program? Yeah, I was yeah. part of the techno program and that just ignited my love for adding technology into the classroom too, because it just made my life so much easier. Um, yeah. And then I'm also an alder mentor teacher too. So every year I have a resident in my class for the entire year. And that that's amazing. If anyone from Hemet Unified is listening to this, you guys should be mentors. It is really great. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that you're like pouring into new teachers and giving back in that capacity. Um, so you mentioned being a part of the techno program and getting some cool swag. So can you tell like us, what did you, what did you get or what did you learn from being part of that program? So when I did the program, we weren't one-to-one with Chromebooks. So okay. by doing the program, we did get a class set of Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. uh, they are now the obsolete ones that they took away. But <laughs> having a class set of Chromebooks just made teaching so much more easy, so much easier. For sure. Um, we also got a Juno speaker. So instead of losing your voice every day, we are able to talk normal. And I still have that. And it comes with another speaker that allows the students to respond as well as the one that goes around your neck for the teacher. Oh, nice. Yeah. And a Surface Pro. And I still have that too. And so I'm able to project on my screen beam with my Surface Pro and then on my Promethean board with my Lenovo. Did so you get the Promethean through the program too? No, I was the year that they didn't do the Prometheans, but then um, I ended up going from Acacia to um, Costin and they knew I was very techy and they had one and they asked if I wanted one and I said, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So just out of curiosity, so what's your favorite kind of way to use your Promethean board? I love that I can project. I don't really use the OMS system. I use it more as a projector, but I can project my math up there and I can have my students come up and actually teach the lesson live and go through the problems rather than me just standing at the front doing it. Yeah. Um, but you can also divide it in half too, where students can, two students can do problems at the same time on the board and then compare. Awesome. I, I just love how you're empowering your students in that capacity with the technology that you have. So you actually kind of have a little bit more of like concrete technology devices in your hands than a lot of teachers do just because you were involved in that program and then your transition from one school to the other. So that's really fortunate. I definitely know I'm blessed. Yeah, yes, you are so blessed. Um, but I'm sure that 
not all of your, you know, lessons and activities involve technology. Like so you probably still use a lot of traditional learning methods with your students. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Um, we probably use technology for half of the day, if maybe even less. Okay. So, so can you tell me then um, more about like your students experience in your classroom with like blending the tech with the, with the traditional? So I love to use technology to kind of add the fun into our traditional curriculum. So for example, I would do benchmark, but add a video here or there, or we end, we quickly assess with Kahoot, GimKit, Blickit. Um, so gamifying our learning. Um, I also use it to differentiate. So they learn something and then I can pull groups and I can give students a, an assignment at their level yeah. using technology as well. I love that. So you're using different gaming platforms um, and the platforms that she's mentioning, I definitely will link those in the show notes in case you're curious as to what those are. Um, so how do you feel like blended learning has um, made your classroom more equitable for your students? It has made it very equitable. I actually have a SPED cluster for my class too. So I have students that are reading at the preschool level, but then I also have students that are reading at the 11th grade level. Oh, um, wow. So to meet the needs of all the students, I blend in technology so that I can pull separate groups throughout the day, or I can teach half the class at um, the lesson at a quicker pace while the other one does, for example, Zern. So say we're doing math, half the class I teach um, the lesson as a, at a faster pace, and then I switch groups and I teach it at a slower pace while the other groups, so kind of like centers, but yeah. two separate groups. Yeah. And, and the Zern program is um, kind of personalized learning experience for the student at their own pace and mm -hmm. at the skill level where they're at. Yes. yes yeah. Right. So it's like an intentional use of that program. And I think um, there's, there's actually been a lot of hesitancy around some programs like that because um, sort of the people in charge feel like that teachers are just putting kids on it and using it as a babysitter and like yeah. not actually teaching, but you're using it strategically to place students in groups based on their levels and needs and then addressing them in groups. And I just love that. Well, and what I love about Zern is, so we're teaching grade level material, but that's not meeting the needs of the students who can't, for example, subtract with regrouping. So what I do on Zern is I place them at that level. So they're getting, Zern has a little bit of teaching in there. And so they're getting those resources that they wouldn't get if we just focused on grade level material the whole year. Yeah. You're, you're intervening on behalf of the needs of your students. That's just, that's great. Um, so in thinking about, um, the different kinds of tools and platforms that you're using, um, how do you give your students voice and choice um, in the learning experiences you're providing? So I love using technology so much that every year I make it a point to try out a new website. I have <laughs> okay. so many websites that I use, but then I find the ones that I love and I let them tell me if they didn't like it, then nope, we'll try another one. And it's made it where I have this huge toolkit that I can pull from to meet the different needs of my students. I love that you're soliciting the student feedback, not on just like what they're learning, but how they perceived the learning experience. You're giving them 
that voice in the classroom of like, hey, this platform didn't really work for me. It was boring or it was not engaging. And then you're like, okay, this isn't working. So again, giving them that voice. But what about the choice piece? Do you ever do anything like um, giving them options for how they um, choose to learn or consume information or how they demonstrate their learning of the information that you've given them? Yes. So what's really cool about that is I use these different websites and they can choose. So say they finish their work early. I have a finished work chart or finished early chart. And so if a student's finishing early, they can either do technology or paper-based, but technology, the, some of the things on the list, for example, is Khan Academy. Khan Mm -hmm. Academy pushes my high kids higher. And so if they choose to do that, they can do that. But I also have things on that finished early list that are life skills. So for example, nitro type, Um, I found when I taught sixth grade that some of those students just type one key at a time and they have need to know how to type faster for not only school, but for the workplace. And so I have skills on, I have stuff on there as well and scratch for coding. That's that's job related content that we don't necessarily teach in school, but if they're finishing all of their work early, they can fall in love with something like coding or learn how to type fast enough to be able to do their work effectively and quickly so that they can get their thoughts out on paper. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Like, I feel like um, people don't really emphasize typing as much or give kids the opportunity to practice the skill of typing. And it's such a like relevant skill in our digital age that we're living in. Like you really Mm -hmm. do need to learn how to type so you can be more efficient, like you said, in the workplace one day. Um, So, okay. You've mentioned a lot of like different platforms you've used with students. Which one's your favorite? Or even if it's not a platform, like a a tool that you use, what's, what's your favorite? That is a hard question. So, okay. There's one, the one platform that's my favorite for, as far as teaching and with the students is probably the gamifying platform. So I loved Blick It, but now it's not completely free, but GimKit is fun to use. And yeah. even Kahoot, they're, they're kind of, I, we played it today and they updated it where it's going to be set up like Blick It and GimKit where there's different types of games. Ooh. And the reason I love it is I could teach something and in 10 minutes set a 10 minute Blick It or GimKit, I can assess if they're understanding the material live. But they also love it. So I get 100% participation because they enjoy it so much. Do you think it's that competitiveness that they like? Or is it the the gamified uh, like look and feel? I think it's a little of both. I think they grew up playing video games. So they're used to it and they think it's fun. And so they associate that learning with fun. But I also think that the competitive nature of it and the winning, it's an adrenaline rush for them. And so they, they enjoy it. They yeah. like it. And, and I'm curious too, do you, um, when kids are like the winner of these games, are you giving any extra incentive or is it just the incentive to win is the incentive? So the incentive, so for example, when we play game kit or book it, the incentive is that they get to pick the next type of game we play. So Ooh. if we're playing three times in a row, they get to pick the next game we play. But oh if my we're gosh. Playing one time I have an incentive. That's a, another way you're just blending in choice right there. I just love <laughs> it. <laughs> um, okay. So you also mentioned 
you try out a different like website or tool every year just mm-hmm. to, you know, keep up to date and try something new. That's what I was going to ask you next is, you know, with technology ever evolving and you just mentioned Kahoot just updated their platform and look, it's no longer free. So like everything's changing all the time. So how do you stay up to date and keep up with all the changes of the technology that's going on? It sounds kind of weird, but social media. So I go on, yeah, <laughs> and I go on Facebook and I just join teaching groups and yep. a lot of times they post resources, but people also ask questions like, for example, oh, look, it's no longer free. What other websites do you use? And then they list the websites and then I use Google Keep and like put those websites in my Google Keep so that I could refer to them back later. And then when we want to go play a game, instead of playing Blick It, which is, it's free when you post, when you um, do it as homework, but not as an in-person game anymore. So then I go next on the list and that's how I found GimKit. And then I just, if GimKit, something happens or my students lose interest in it, I'll go on to the next item. I love that you're leveraging social media. (laughs) (laughs) Good ideas, because that's exactly what I do. I'm on all the groups too. and. Uh following the teacher Twitter chat and like the teacher TikToks. There's so many ideas out there that are just not tapped into that we could easily tap into. And you mentioned one of the most underutilized Google workspace um, platforms is Google Keep. Like I love Google Keep. It's it's such a great platform and to create like a quick list and you can make like checklists of things that you want to look back at or to-do list things you need to get done. I just, that platform so much. And you can share with other people too. So if you're working on a project with your colleagues, you can collaborate and yes, Yes. is live. I love it. (laughs) Totally. Okay. So thinking about um, back to your very first year as a teacher, what is something that you wish you would have known as a first year teacher that you know now? Um. Well, my first year, if I could tell any first year teacher, do not spend that first week decorating your classroom, spend it planning because (laughs) you don't want to fall way behind. You can decorate your classroom the entire year. You can just go as you'll decorate it as you go, but focus on the planning that first year. That's great advice. That is great advice. I think People underestimate the amount of time it takes to really design high quality learning experiences for kids. It does take some intentional thought and, and, and for planning. And one of my least favorite parts of planning was I used to be given these documents from administrators that were like very cumbersome lesson planning mm-hmm. documents. I've, I got a one pager. I'm going to link it in the show notes for anybody who just needs a simplified version of like a lesson plan. Um, I will hook you up. <laughs> um, so as we close out today, what advice would you give any teachers who may be tech hesitant about blended implementing blended learning? Um, I It can help you. It can help make teaching easier. It's at first, yes, it's different and it takes time to learn it. But once you have it in your toolkit, it's something that can just, it can relieve some of the stress or relieve some of, I have 34 students and I can't meet all their needs all at once. And so it's, it could be an extra help. It could be an extra tool that you can use to assess or to meet the needs of the students. So it can really help you out if you just try it. Yeah, I definitely, um, would agree with that. You got to embrace it, give it a try and realize that 
it is such a big help once you've learned how to use it and to meet the needs of your kids. So good. Well, thanks so much, Kimberly, for chatting with me today on the podcast. It was a pleasure getting to dive deeper into all of the ways that you're implementing blended learning in your classroom. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Blending In podcast. I hope you gleaned some inspiration to blend in ed tech and some top-notch transformational techniques into your instruction. You can find show notes and resources from today's episode on our website, blendinginpodcast.com. If you loved what you heard today, leave a review and hit the subscribe button to get notified when new episodes are dropped. Also, follow us on social media and use hashtag blendinginpodcast to add to the conversation. Until next time, don't hesitate to innovate and integrate.